Hey, coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch, we're talking all things habit-related. What is a habit? How do you create them? What's the pop psychology myths around habit change? And my guest, Abby Green, knows her stuff. She summarizes and shares the secrets of all the latest books about habit change, including The Power of Habit, Atomic Habits, and even Tiny Habits. We're going to dig deep into BJ Fogg's amazing book, Tiny Habits, all that and so much more coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch. special bonus episode of The Virtual Couch, episode 236, the second episode this week. And I am still your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, uh, ultra marathon runner and creator of The Path Back. The Path Back is an online pornography recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from the mind-numbing, soul-sucking, time-wasting habits of turning to pornography as a coping mechanism. And trust me, it can be done in a strength-based, hold the shame, become the person you always wanted to be kind of way. So head over to pathbackrecovery.com. You'll find a short ebook that describes five myths that people often fall prey to when trying to put pornography behind them once and for all. And the Path Back now includes weekly group calls. Had another one last night. They're amazing. They're growing in size and any question is up for uh, discussion. And I start with a little bit, a few, maybe a few minutes on what is the latest in the world of addiction or recovery or impulse or compulsion or what I've seen in my office and uh, just developing a really nice group there. And you, it's part of the Path Back program and I would love for you to even try the calls out. So if you would like to do that, they're every Wednesday. And you can you can get on board by reaching out to me at contact at pathbackrecovery.com or go to tonyoverbay.com and just uh, hit me through the contact link there and tell me that you're interested in getting a code to be a, a participant in one of those calls. And while you're there at tonyoverbay.com, go ahead and sign up to find out more about the Magnetic Marriage course. I know I've been talking about that so much, but it's because it's coming soon in January. And it is, uh, it's a game changer. So a way to communicate better with your spouse, I think with anybody, quite frankly. So find out more about that. Sign up at TonyOverbay.com. And uh, it is it has been only two days since the release of episode 235, which was my interview with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife, titled, When You Feel Like You Are Trying More Than Your Spouse, plus a little bonus when narcissistic traits show up in marriage. That was a question that was asked to both Jennifer and I by a mutual fan. And as anticipated, the downloads are double, maybe even more so than what they would typically be 48 hours into a release of an episode. And the feedback through email, text, clients in my office has been phenomenal. So please go listen to that episode if you haven't already. And a fair warning, I'm going to blast through a couple of ads to pay the bills, keep the lights on, so you can listen or you can hit that little 15 or 30 second advance button, as I often do when people are giving ads in their podcasts. But I'll try to get the, the, through these pretty quick. The first one is betterhelp.com. If you are interested in the world or are attending therapy, counseling, and you're nervous, not quite sure where to start, don't want to go out, maybe even in this uh, world of the pandemic, or mental health, the stigma is changing, which I'm grateful for. But that can also mean that it is hard to get in to see a therapist. I, I will be honest, I haven't been able to take new clients in many moons. And so it can be really hard. You get excited, you, you're ready to go, you hear you're motivated by a podcast or somebody else has seen success in therapy and, and you want to go and it's hard to find a therapist. So go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch and you'll get 10 months off, uh, 10 months off, 10% off your first month's services. But it's uh, over a million people now are using the world of online counseling. And what's pretty phenomenal about it is they make it really easy to find a counselor and it's a licensed counselor, a li licensed therapist in your area or in your state. So somebody that's licensed there. 
And you can choose from people that specialize in different modalities, acceptance and commitment therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and you can work with uh, people about your anxiety, your depression, being a better parent or a better husband or wife or spouse or overcoming addiction. And so all of that is at play. And if you don't get along well with your therapist, which is very important to do, they make it very easy to switch to another therapist. And you can also do email sessions, you can do text sessions, and uh, you can be talking with somebody in as little as 24 to 48 hours, which is pretty phenomenal. It really is. It's very difficult for many people to get in to see a therapist right now. So betterhelp.com slash virtual couch, and you'll get 10% off your first month's services. And they also have some sliding scale if you if you are not in a position to pay full, full price, full rates, that sort of thing. The second one is, it's my podcasting host, Blueberry. Blueberry.com, but it's spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. And if you are thinking about starting a podcast, which so many people are, did you know that there is now one, I think it's 1.8 million podcasts. And just a few months ago, we crossed the 1 million podcast mark. And it sounds like a lot of podcasts, but you know, there's 10, 20 million YouTube channels. So a lot of people feel like podcasting is where YouTube was a decade ago. So it's not too late. Uh, If you really feel like you have something to say, just get on there and try it and be consistent and start to build a little following and express yourself because you never know where that may lead. And I'm not talking about you have to be able to monetize your podcast or any of those sort of things, but it's a wonderful way to express yourself, to uh, create a community And I have used multiple podcast hosts. I finally settled in Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com, because they they just have unlimited downloads of episodes, no contracts you can cancel anytime, which is pretty significant. They have this amazing uh, WordPress plugin, which sounds very nerdy, but it just makes posting episodes to a website so easy. And and the episodes are hosted until if ever someday you decide you want to cancel, they're immediately... Sent out to all all the big players, App, Apple. Um, you can connect to Spotify. All of the different places that you probably listen to podcasts, and uh, comes with its own audio player, your own podcast web page, which is pretty impressive. And again, the, the, all the podcasts are Apple compliant uh, feeds for syndication. You can schedule postings. So you can do this later. So if you want to bank a few episodes and then schedule them to be consistent weekly or that sort of thing. And it just makes publishing podcasts extremely, extremely, uh, incredibly easy. So go to blueberry.com, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. And if you sign up for hosting, then uh, use a coupon code virtual couch and you get a month for free. It makes it easy to, to try this. So blueberry.com, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com and use the code virtual couch. All right. So my guest today is Abby Green. And I met Abby and her husband Tyson through social media. It's probably been longer than I think, maybe a year or two ago. And we had some exchange of messages and comments. And I've always just appreciated her approach. You can tell even just through email and and messages that she's very energetic. She's a certified life coach, but even more so certified tiny habits coach, which we're going to talk a lot about today. And she really knows her stuff around habits. And so I knew when I was going to be interviewing her about habits that I had to get my habit game strong. And we have a really good discussion about habits, so habit research, habit formation, breaking habits. And again, I think what I've been drawn to the most is that she understands that it's not as easy as just saying, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be a runner. So I just need to change that thought. And from there, it's easy. No, because we all have hopes and dreams and fears and we want more in our lives. We also have patterns of behavior and baggage and and fear of the unknown and imposter syndrome. And so I really appreciate, and this is what a lot of our messages have gone through over the last year or so, is that she understands that balance of motivation and values and goals with life and distractions and avoidance. 
and just being a human being. After all, she has four small kids of her own, and she deals with success and setbacks on a daily basis, but continually looking for a way to keep moving forward, to keep thriving, which is her website is called simplythrivenow.com. And you're going to hear about her healthy holiday habits challenge a bit later on in the episode. But if you head to her website, you'll see a link for a discount. She's offering a discount code for the Healthy Holiday Habits Challenge, and it begins on December 7th. So go there now while you listen, or I'll have a link in the show notes. So I was going to go into a little bit more details about habits here in the intro, but I've gone on far too long. I will say the one thing, I'll make it so brief, because I cannot remember if we covered this in the episode or not, but one of my favorite things, and if you listen to multiple episodes of The Virtual Couch, you'll recognize this one right away. But I, it still blows my mind that I hear people talk about, hey, it takes 21 days to make a new habit, 21 days to break a habit. And uh, that is so just ingrained. If you haven't heard that, Google it. Now, as I say that, when you Google it, you will see a lot of a lot of people saying that, spouting that. As a therapist, what you see are then people get to day 22, 23, 30, 40, and something doesn't yet feel like it is a habit that they are ready to do for life. And then people beat themselves up and say, what's wrong with me? Nothing, because it takes longer than that to make a habit or break a habit, and it can take a pattern of some consistency, but some some little failures or, or mishaps along the way are perfectly normal. You just continue to state the course. Where that data came from, which is fascinating, is a plastic surgeon that uh, was in battle World War One or Two. I should probably remember this by now. I even want to say his name was Maxwell Maltz or something to that effect but was a plastic surgeon that I don't know, drafted, volunteered, but was there in the battlefield, was working with people that were having their arms and and limbs blown off. And then he just noted that it took about three weeks for that phantom pain of the limb or them to even think that a limb was still there to go away, about three weeks. Some data was published about that. And then every motivational speaker, every psychologist, every therapist ran with it. This was 70, 80 years ago. And then just thought, okay, if it took him three weeks to feel like my arm is finally gone, then it must take three weeks for the brain to settle into some new behavior. And so thus, the it takes three weeks to create or break a habit was born. But again, the problem is that is it takes longer. There are so many studies now. That's the fun thing to Google. And depending on the habit, depending on your makeup, depending on your environment, it can take you know, 45 days. It can take six months. It can take a year. And that's not to mean to something to be discouraged about. It's meant to know that you're human if you haven't completely gone from zero to runner in 21 days. No one's going to do that. So we're going to talk a lot about the concept of tiny habits, creating new habits, the way the brain works with habits. And you're going to learn a lot today. I did go on a little bit long there. But that's where that pop psychology myth of 21 days to create a new habit comes from. I want to break that right now. And uh, so sit back and uh, listen, learn. You will come away from this episode wanting to create new habits and do some things that you probably always wanted to do in your life. So let's get on to the interview with Abby Green. Should we make this podcast? What do you think? I mean, I love little bites of information. So the shorter, the better. I don't know. We all have so much that we're trying to do every day that, you know, a little bit of good, solid information and cut it off and move on is always really awesome to me. Okay. I think that's a great idea. And I, I probably maybe even said this in the beginning, but I don't know if you remember. Do you remember I was going to have you and your husband come on and we were going to talk about the book Grit? Do you remember that? Yeah. And I don't even remember. I think that I, I think I, had something going on. I feel so bad because I wanted to have you on for a long time. So I'm grateful that you are here. And because I think 
we've been trading messages or kind of known each other for a little while through social media. And you're a, you're a very enthusiastic life coach, also a runner and your husband's nice. And I don't know, just always enjoyed talking with you guys. But I, I, what I liked is you're one of the first people that I threw out that I don't want to ever sound mean or offend the life coach. Cause I love life coaches. And I, now I do, I do it as well. But that part where, you know, where, when sometimes people just say that just, just change your thought and then it will make everything else work out. And again, I don't, I see, I don't even like talking about it because I don't want to offend anybody, but, <laughs> but I feel like you, you kind of understood where I was coming from with that. Well, especially, I mean, whatever you say, that's a circumstance, right? So yeah. I can think whatever I want, I can be offended or not, but totally. I love the, I love the model that I learned at the life coach school mm-hmm. of circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. But mm-hmm. I think we often, and as life coaches, we get confused that like, oh, it, our results are coming from our thoughts. Let's just hurry and change our thought. Yeah. But that aspect of like the relationship we have with our thoughts and getting hooked by them and all that, and just mm-hmm. mindfulness, I feel like is the most important part that we can do. The thing that we can change is our relationship with our thoughts, not just get rid of those scary thoughts. Yeah. And I love that. And I think before I hit record, I was telling you that I've every now and again, I'll do an episode and I found one that even talked about an acceptance and commitment therapy, um, this concept of almost like mechanistic thinking where we look at the brain like a machine. And so we think, well, if we can just replace that faulty part or that faulty thought that then everything will kind of move forward from there. And, and we won't even have to worry about what that faulty thought was. And I think a lot of positive or a lot of psychology kind of comes from that mechanistic point of view, which makes sense. So that, yeah. So that's the part where I love always saying, and if that works for somebody, then that is so good. And I'm grateful for that. And then, you know, it's the times that maybe it doesn't work. And I feel like that's the part where I, then I have those people in my office saying, I know I should, which I always joke that nobody should on like to be should on, but that people feel like they should be able to just change a thought and it will, and it will make them feel better. So then when they don't, then they go to the, what's wrong with me story. And I feel like, all right, welcome to my dojo. Well, and and the thing that you're always going to fall back on is what's wrong with you is that you're human. So regardless of whatever faulty part you fix, like whatever thought Mm -hmm. you fix today, tomorrow, your brain's going to offer you other negative thoughts that like we're, so there's always something to fix. So even with that, like, yes, we can change a thought by believing new things and go down that path, but there's always going to be something. So if we Mm -hmm. can become present with those thoughts and like not resist them and be scared of them, then mm. that's where we like start to gain the traction. So yeah, no, that's perfect. I had a client in here a little earlier that we were just talking about um, a thought of they were kind of going down that the what's wrong with me path. And I've even tried to do this kind of a it's probably a little bit of a cheesy thing, but reframing it to say it's it's just a man, check out what my brain's doing, you know, almost like putting the thought up here and going, that's fascinating, isn't it? You know, instead of the why am I thinking this? Or again, the what's wrong with me? And I, and I just feel like that can be so empowering to be able to step back and like you say, change your relationship with it. So we could go on. I want to get to the habit stuff though, because this is what's been fun. And me, um, check out what my brain is going to do right now, Abby. But I had told you a long ago, you, you had sent me something and said, Hey, have you heard of the book, Tiny Habits by, is it BJ Fogg? Yes. Okay. And I said, no, tell me more. And then you know that I enjoy habit things. And so mm-hmm. I went and I downloaded the book and got the audio book and then did not listen to any of it. But I, I, but I want to know because I even feel like the, the idea of tiny habits makes a lot of sense. So, well, it is like, so I have been really kind of almost obsessed with habits for years. Mm-hmm. 
And I've read them all, like all the books about habits and I just love it. But the thing that really makes tiny habits different is BJ Fogg. He, so he um, created at Stanford university, the behavior design lab. And so he's done like these experiments and just, he's gathered information for years and years and years. And, and he, he teaches his students about behavior design. So like some of his students are people who like created Instagram back in the day, you know, Mm. like he understands behavior. And so he teaches in this book what that all behavior has three parts and that is motivation, ability, and prompt. And when these three things come together in a moment, we do a certain behavior. So I love in tiny habits is he's explaining this, how our behavior works. And then we're going to use that to our benefit instead of to our detriment. Because right now, a lot of us, we like want to do, you know, form a new habit or do something new. And we just think it's hard and we don't know where to start. So for in tiny habits, start small, start tiny, like think of some huge aspiration you want to do, break it up into behaviors um, and then make it tiny and something you can do today. So I love that the tiny habits um, method is just, Mm -hmm. it's so applicable to all of us because we can do it today and we can start today. Well, you had a, you had a video. Is that video that I watch? Is that on your website? I'm curious. Okay, good. So I highly, I will put links to that because I really enjoyed it. And there was a part there where you even talked about just doing a couple of squats or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and what I love is if you're okay, I want to kind of riff a little bit with acceptance and commitment therapy and you talk tiny habits and we'll solve all the problems. So I even love, I love the fact why I think why I liked even the idea of tiny habits. And I wanted to talk to you about it so bad was in acceptance and commitment therapy. Major breakthrough for me was if my value-based goal is fitness or exercise, which I think you talked about in your video, then even if my brain says, okay, well, I've got time to do a couple of squats. My brain wants to say, well, that's not a lot, that's not a lot of, and you know, I feel like yeah, we're not even arguing if it's a lot of exercise. That wasn't the goal. The goal was exercise. I mean, is that kind of where we're going? Right, right. And so we do these little things that then we prove that to ourselves. So like if your value or is like, I want to be someone who exercises, then you think, mm-hmm. what does a person who exercises do? Like they do squats, but like right mm-hmm. now I only have time to do five or two. Yeah. And so Um, the tiny habits method is where you take, so the anatomy of a tiny habit is you take, you take a new behavior, you make it tiny, you find an anchor moment. So some place in your routine that like you already can rely on. So Mm -hmm. like BJ talks about how he started doing pushups after he went to the, use the restroom at his home. So every time he used the restroom, that was part of it. And over time, like he did he does tons and tons of pushups, you know, but they, yeah, that, that's they funny want. that I shared because I texted you that. That's funny because yeah. I haven't read the book. Right. And now yeah. every between every session I do pushups and it, and now it's now I'm doing far more than I've ever done. I didn't know that BJ did that with the bathroom. That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love that. And so, but at the time, you know, you took a little bit of, you took what you didn't have very much time in between each client. And now mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, I can do a lot of pushups and totally. you're, you're more fit. You're, you're becoming that person. So, but so we take these tiny habits and we put them, we anchor them to something like for you, it was in between each client. Cause you're doing that all the time. Yeah. And then the thing that really, I feel like makes it different. Um, what BJ teaches is the celebration aspect. I know that's so, what I'm not, I'm not good at. So tell me more about this. I don't know what this looks like. Okay. okay so if we think of any habit, any behavior really that becomes a habit, it's, it has, it starts 
small, it fits into your routine, and then it's solidified or strengthened by your emotions. So, so, and all habits are like that. And so if we use that same little model to then kind of like hack the system and, and deliberately create a new habit. So we use celebration or that feel good feeling in your brain to solidify it. So if it's like something little, like you did a couple pushups and you, and you like celebrate by a smile, uh, mm. it can be, I mean, he has a lot of cool ideas in the back of his book about ways to celebrate. And some of them are super cheesy and some of them are just little, but yeah. It's funny because you think of like a little kid and they're so good at celebrating the tiniest little things. And it's kind of like we unlearn that as adults, we're like, why would we celebrate? Like I just did two push-ups, or I just, you know, took one minute of mindfulness or I wrote one thing down that I'm grateful for. Like, that's not a big deal. But as we do that, that's where you rewire your brain and your brain next time it wants that feel good feeling again. So the mm-hmm. next time you do the tiny habit, your brain will want to feel that again. And just that little bit of celebrating or a smile or a victory or whatever it is, that is what reminds your brain that you want to do it again. Yeah. And so that's how we like hack the system and use it for us instead of against us. So we use our emotions to create those habits. Okay. So I love that because my brain is going crazy with, I mean, I know that I could do the unhealthy thing of if I had a little piece of chocolate every time when I did the push up chocolate, I know that, yeah, that would become a deeply rutted neural pathway, probably not the best one. And then my brain went to, or a little smarty, because that's what I did when I was a kid, but that's, but I think, but even if it was uh, two or three in through the nose, out through the mouth Mm -hmm. breaths, get myself centered, it would almost create this, then this routine. So mm-hmm. client leaves, push-ups, breath, centered, let's go. So yes, over time, that, okay. that feeling that you feel when you do take those deep breaths and you feel centered, that feels mm-hmm. good to you. So your brain yeah. then is like, what was that thing we did after this? Like, I want to feel that again. And so mm-hmm. then that's how it becomes a habit. Yeah, no, I like that. And you, and I don't want to take us off because uh, I've got the notes pulled up here about the behavior design. I would love to maybe even if you wanted to go through some of that. Um, but, uh, you've also read, uh, power of habit or atomic habits, or Mm -hmm. do you find that there's a lot of difference in tiny habits or does it kind of build off of that? I think so that I think, um, the power of habit was one of the first I read, like maybe five Mm -hmm. or six years ago. And I just totally fell in love with it. And and Charles Duhigg talks about cue routine and reward. And so that was kind of like the loop that, that he talked a lot about. And then there, and then atomic habits came and James clear kind of takes it to another level where it's like, he's got the cue, he's got the um, craving response Mm -hmm. reward. So he's kind of broken it up into those four. And then I feel like tiny habits, it doesn't, uh, of course, doesn't like um, argue with any of that, but it takes it to more of a simpler way. And it's just like, it can, it's like the beginning of any habit. So we just make it small to what we're doing today. But Uh I feel like the main thing that he talks about is that little aspect of celebration and using it for us. Okay. Okay. No, I like that. You had sent me some notes about the steps in behavior design. Is that something that you work through with your folks or do you want to go through that right now? Or what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So um, in the tiny habits book, he, there's like the seven steps that you kind of can go through and, and, um, 
So it's just kind of in that video that I sent you, we talked about mm-hmm. like creating that identity and we, we want to like have our values be our guide. Um, in, I think it's the liberated mind by Stephen mm-hmm. Hayes. He talks about, I love the example that he gives to values where he says, um, values are like a direction like West and we're going to go there, but we're never going to arrive at West. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. it can be this, like, like we're always progressing and we're always headed there, but we don't just arrive and then we're done. And same with like in Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about identity is the North Star to habit change. And mm-hmm. so it's like, that's the direction we're going, but we're not going to arrive, but it's always going to be with us. So it's always progress. And because of that, we can have that like joy in the journey. So, but anyway, getting back to the... Um, well, well, no, I like that though, Abby, real quick, because the, the values thing is what game changer for me and why I love ACT is that mm-hmm. I think there's even that step where people need to step back and say, um, am I living values that, that someone else has told me that would be important? Because in the liberated mind, what I love he talks about is that idea of socially compliant goals or doing something that I think I'm supposed to, you know, but if I'm doing it because I think I'm supposed to or have to, then my motivation is weak and ineffective because it goes against my process of unfolding. So I love that you're going to that. I love that you mentioned the liberated mind because I feel like, yeah, if somebody's value is fitness or if their value is uh, curiosity or their value is adventure, their value is learning. And it's almost like they have to do that work to first step away from the, but I don't have time for that, or I shouldn't do that, or I should be focused on other things. And so we're saying, all right, once you have acknowledged something that is truly important to you, that really does liberate you now to start to create these habits because we maybe have not had the motivation to, because we felt like these are not things that we should be doing. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that first step is clarifying an aspiration. And I like okay. how BJ uses aspiration versus goals because okay. goals, like we can have a goal, but then like we were saying before we achieve it. And then what we're done, like we train for a marathon, we run the marathon and then we're not going to take time next week to run every day because right. it's over. And we met yeah. our goal and, you know, and no, so that's like great. It, and, uh, and, Oh, I was saying act. That's where I love where they talk about. Yeah. We all, we have this mindset of it, once I run the marathon, once I get the cool car, once I have the six pack abs, once I get the house, once I, and that does not get us where we think it will. Yeah. Cause then we do arrive there and we've checked it off our list. And then we're like, yeah. Oh, I thought I was going to be happy after I did this thing. Yeah. And I'm okay. still me. I'm still here. I still have, things I want to do and accomplish. But if we have a big, so we start with a big aspiration. So and what's that look we, like? What, what's that sound like? Uh, aspiration? Because I think everybody knows a goal of whatever, but what's that? How do you frame it? What's an aspiration? How do you frame an aspiration? Well, well, it's kind of more like values based where it's, okay. I want to be the type of person who could run a marathon oh, or, gotcha. or who, okay. who takes care of their physical body or whatever, you know? And it could be a goal of, I want to run this marathon on this day. That could be a great aspiration too, but then we're going to break it up and we're going to figure out what are all the behaviors that a person who has that value or who does that thing or is able to run the marathon, what do they do? Like, do, do they wake up earlier in the morning? Do they eat healthier? Do they, you know, what do they do? And we kind of like list all the different things that, or behaviors that that person does. So I and like then, that. I mean, even, even just like framing it from, I aspire to, I don't know that I just right. felt that right there. Right. So I aspire to be uh, a naturally adventurous person, or I aspire to be one who 
um, would be the type that would run marathons or I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I love that because then, then it can, it applies to all of us. I want to be a good mom. That's yeah. really vague, but also I'm not ever going to arrive there, but what mm-hmm. does, so then we take that and okay, what does, what do good moms do? And then we break it up. Oh, they might be patient with their kids. They might, you know, yeah. we list specific behaviors and then from those specific behaviors, we can, we can figure out like it, it's, we match them with what we think would be easy to do and what okay. we would want to do. Okay. Just pick a couple of them. We're not going to do all of those today. Cause that's when we like all of a sudden get overwhelmed. Like the person who runs a marathon wakes up at five o'clock in the morning and runs 10 miles before their kids wake up. Oh, I'm not doing that. And we just, yeah, kind of yeah. It off. yeah. But the so, pro, and I like your, I like your mom example. So with specific behaviors or so the behavior options, if they want, if they're going to be more patient, then specific behavior might be a little like, okay, I finally want to hear, understand being mindful, or I finally want to understand those kind of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally. And so you take that and then you, you, so you find one, okay, I want to be more mindful or more present with my child. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, that's also pretty big, like to be able yeah. to have like presence with your kids whenever they're around, you're listening to them and, but you're getting more specific, right? So then, then the step four is make it tiny. So if you're a present mom, maybe just like that first second when you wake your child up, you're there and you're present mm-hmm. and you're like spending that time to just be with them. And that's tiny. That's just one minute, but it's, the, it's on the right path to then totally. becoming it and growing that. Or, and I feel like, uh, and I'm sorry, now I'm getting ahead of you because I'm getting all excited, but then, or I hear so often where people say they want to be present, but they turn to their phone, for example. And so even just, even if there's one time throughout that day where you caught yourself wanting to, uh, turn to your phone instead of your kid, that is a tiny, that is a mm-hmm. tiny habit, but it's Make a positive it one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally. And then, so, and then the next step, like you said, you find a good prompt to, to plug it in. So it, it could be like every time you're at the, the store or you're driving with your kid, or maybe you're picking your kid up or find one specific example where you can think of, I normally grab my phone, but I want to be present with my child right okay. now. And then you just, that's where you're going to plug that tiny behavior in and you're going to turn off your phone for that minute or two mm-hmm. and be present with your child. And then the biggest, most important thing is you're going to celebrate that you did that. Like I did it. Or I mean, and it could just be a smile. It could be a deep breath, but it could be something big, like a victory dance or even with your kid. I find it more easy to celebrate with my kids because they're, they're not going to make fun of me or, or take me too seriously. Like I can do a happy dance with them. And when I celebrate with my kids and like, Oh, look, I just did that. I wanted to be present with you. And I was, you know, and it's so much easier to do. I feel like with my kids when it's like something bigger like that, but then they're learning, Oh, like my mom's doing what she said she would do, or, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to learn that that's important to celebrate themselves as well. I like it. I really do. I mean, the more I'm thinking about this, and it's almost probably embarrassing to say, but I feel like when I do get up from doing the push-ups or something, I do kind of get excited because now I'm doing more than I used to, or, you know, maybe I'm adding another one or, or whatever it is. So I do like that. And, 
And by the way, if Tyson ever makes fun of you for doing a happy dance, will you please let me know? Because yeah. I, I, we will we will we will reprimand him. You, you are allowed to do <laughs> okay. happy dances. Well, actually, okay. my eight year old does kind of make fun of me for doing okay. it. But it's okay. I, I'm fine with it. But so okay. then the next step, the the final step is just troubleshoot and iterate and expand. So if you find that you really wanted to be mindful at this certain time of day, and you got an anchor moment, and it just you kept forgetting, like we can just toss it out and try something else. And, and I love how BJ talks about them being recipes. So there's no judgment on I'm a bad person because I didn't, I wasn't able to figure this tiny habit out. It's just like a recipe. We're just like tweaking recipes and we're just figuring out what's going to work. We're getting curious and whatever serves us, we're going to keep. And if we can't figure it out, we're just going to learn and do something else. Okay. I like that too. Cause I feel like if I throw my acceptance and commitment therapy brain here, um, there's that thing where when someone doesn't do it for a, a couple of days, then they, they do, their brain wants to say, well, that didn't last or you couldn't keep it up. And, and I feel like those are those hooks that get us then not continuing to try. And I like what you're saying there. It's okay. That I always say that, okay, two days, I didn't do it. All right. Um, don't give it any energy. So, cause now tomorrow I can do it. And I, I mean, I've been doing these pushups for a long time now. And a few days ago, I almost feel like my brain just wanted to give me something to talk about. So I went a whole day and I didn't do any, and I was very aware of it. And the next day I, it was one of the first days I haven't. And the next day I really thought, wow, you did not do any. And I just had to keep telling myself, okay, noted. That's interesting. And, and then, you know, in, in act, they talk about expansion. So I invited my feelings of, I didn't do them yesterday. And what if I don't do them today with me while we did them? And then finally, I felt like my brain was like, fine, do your pushups. That's well, funny. and you have that kind of, even within yourself, you have that like psychological reactions where you're totally. like, I'm not yes. doing pushups. Like I'll show you. I'm not, oh. you're not in charge of me. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. Cause I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute, I do the podcast about this stuff. I tell clients all day about it. And I just love the fact that hey, we're just human. Our brain's going to every now and again, try and just say, Really? I mean, it'd be a whole lot easier to not do them. That's why the tiny is so important because it's yes. like, it net, like you don't, so yeah, you're growing your, your pushups, but mm. the tiny habit is two pushups and it's kind of ridiculous not to do two, like two yeah. so small, like you might as well just do it. And so you just get in that habit of it's so small. I'm just going to do it anyway. And then you're like, mm. oh my gosh, I can do this no matter what because yeah. it's easy and I'm consistent at it. And then you build that belief in yourself. Hello. And was it, uh, was it the atomic habits that talked about habit stacking? Is that that one? Yeah. So, so in, um, atomic habits, he actually talks about how he learned about, um, habit stacking from BJ Fogg, but I think, um, the difference there would just be BJ's really firm on like, not like when I think of habit stacking, I think of like one thing on another on another. And so I'm going to be like mindful and then my scriptures and then my prayer and then I'm stacking Mm -hmm. it. And if I do one, if I forget one of these, then the whole tower falls. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it's just a tiny habit and it's just by itself, like these little, they're in throughout your day, these seeds that you're planting, that they're not going to, the tower's not going to fall down because it's planted in like firm soil, I think. Would oh, be and I love it. Only difference. Yeah. And I feel honestly, the reason I was even saying that is I'm looking in our, this will it'll be on the YouTube channel as well, but I can see my little weight there in the corner. And then, uh, and that came from once I got the, the pushups down for a while, then I, I brought, I, I brought a weight in. And so then after the pushups and I might do one day, it's a uh, curls, the next yeah. day it's triceps and, and, but you're right there. None of those happened 
when I didn't do the push-ups, and that was even more of this uh, ammo that my brain tried to tell me that okay, you blew it big time. But I mean, the tiny habits would have been would have been a great way to kind of start to, or, or yeah. reset, I guess. Yeah. Hey, what um, are I'm curious? What What are some of the things like you have done, tiny habit wise? What are well, I'm talking all I, about my push-ups I mean, and stuff? I had to do the push-ups because I always I don't know I love it. So I for sure do that. I just I do the mindfulness. I try mm-hmm. and BJ talks about one that he calls the Maui habit, which is first thing when you wake up in the morning, you put your feet on the ground and you just say today's going to be a great day. And mm-hmm. I love that one. And he has lots of stories in the book about how just transformational that can be just when you begin, even when you're in the darkest place, you begin that. Then you turn on your mind to looking for evidence for how that could be true. And so it just starts you on um, that path. But the thing that I, cause back, like back when I first met you and I was really trying to be like nurtured heart approach, like, yeah. And, and it was really hard. And I feel like, this little aspect of celebration um, really kind of made it click for me because I feel like this is what we're doing with positive parenting. We're, we're like helping our kids do these little things and we're celebrating the good. Right. So it's like, we're, we're using behavior design, like what BJ talks about of the, the all behavior takes place with the motivation, ability and prompt. And we're giving, we're like celebrating our children doing these things. And so their motivation is rising because we're giving them that like positive reinforcement or whatever. So I thought of you too, when I read this, just because of the nurtured heart approach and how Mm -hmm. I used to think it was so hard. And I'm like coming over onto the side where I'm like, oh, it actually works better than I thought. Oh, that makes me so happy, Abby. Yeah. Not that I'm perfect at it, but. No. It's, That's a great example, though. Because I mean, I used to, yeah, a few nights ago. I mean, oh, it's probably a little more, but I mean, yeah, my with my teenager kids, and I think my wife will every now and again have an opportunity to say, "Oh, you're uh, you're the expert, huh?" You know, because I can say right. And yet I know it. I know it works, and I know it's amazing. But but you're right. I love how you said it. You swing over into the side of, oh, that's not too bad. And I feel like that's what these these tiny habits will eventually become, mm-hmm. where then that becomes more of the norm, and then your brain might every now and again want to take the day off and all right, that's okay. But now it's the, those habits are kind of uh, rooted. Yeah. Like you said, in better soil. That's good. Mm-hmm. And so hey, what yeah. the other, just the other thing I was going to yeah, say yeah. when you were like, what are some that you've tried? So yeah. recently I've, I've done like a little challenge um, where I've challenged people to do five tiny habits every day and they kind of check in and they get points okay. and they're like earning prizes um, over okay. the holidays of these tiny habits and their mindfulness, gratitude, okay. eating brain foods or healthier foods, drinking more water and movement. And so I just feel like those five things are what served me so well in the beginning yeah. of, of making them part of my everyday. That then you say, the, oh, you say those again. Okay. Say so those again. The, Cause I, I, I'm, first, I'm in. Okay. okay. So the first one is mindfulness. Okay. And it's the tiny version. Like you're probably like meditating every day for 10 minutes max, but I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the second one is gratitude. So okay. just taking a moment to write three things down you're grateful for. I like that. I don't do it well. And I've even taught it. And there's so much research that there's shows so that much it's, research. it is yeah. so real. So, all right, I will do that. Okay. okay. Keep going. And then the okay. third one is brain foods, which I love. Um, Jim Quick. Do you know Jim Quick? 
No, no. He, he's like a brain coach and I love, I love everything he talks about, but he does this. He, he did this podcast years ago of brain foods and he teaches you how to remember them. He's like, don't write this down. These are the brain foods. And he teaches it. And my, my seven-year-old listened to it and here's the brain foods, mom. And still it's probably two years ago. He's like, mom, do you want to hear the brain foods? And he could just wow. rattle them off because of the way Jim talks about remembering them. What so, are they? Yeah. So they're avocados, blueberries, broccoli, coconut oil, eggs, leafy green vegetables, salmon, turmeric, and dark chocolate. Oh, I'm in. Okay. I got you at the end. Yeah. All right. So that okay. thing you were talking about earlier about dark chocolate, like you probably yeah. should just add some dark yeah, chocolate yeah. in with your push-up routine. Okay. Yeah, just not not as much as I think when people say, oh, dark chocolate's good for yeah. you, then I, I can't eat the whole bar, but yeah. I can do a little something. All right. Yeah. Yeah, a little okay. bit. That's like maybe it. not okay. one that you want to grow, but it's definitely one <laughs> yeah. you want to have. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. And then, and then it was the hydration? Last, or And then, yeah, drinking more water, which okay. is obviously everyone really pretty much knows that. And then the last one is movement. So any type of exercise, and it's a tiny version. So it could be stretching. It could be push-ups. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, jumping jacks. It could be anything. Okay. And I do like even the – it's funny when I was listening to your video – and the squats. I mean, I'm shocked at it, how few squats it takes to really feel it the next day. Totally. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Hey, where do people find you? What, what do we do next? Tell me what's going on. This has been awesome. Okay. Uh, just either on Instagram or my website, Simply Thrive Now. And okay. I'm doing another, another round of this Healthy Holiday Habits Challenge because everyone's like, especially everyone's like, I want to really do, um, get into my habits and possibly coach with you, like come new year. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. but let's get through the holidays, like thriving instead of just surviving. And so you do these five little things and it'll get you on the right path to then be able to almost hit the ground running in come January. If you're doing these things, you're building that self-belief, you're, mm-hmm. you're figuring out your values and what you want to accomplish. And then, yeah, anyway, so it's, I'm going to do another round of that in December and okay. um, just, yeah, my website. Okay. I'm, I'm in, I need to do it. I, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, I want to do some recording or writing or something about, you know, everybody wanting to start on Monday, uh, you uh-huh. know, or start at the new year or, and I feel like, mm-hmm. man, there's a lot of power in starting on Thursday or yeah, mm-hmm. start something the end of, uh, what is this? The beginning of December. So start something right now. Um, okay. I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortably, uh, like non-committal. I'm committing Abby to, so we, maybe we can check in on how all those five things are going. I like it. Great. Okay. Hey, this was so good. I mean, I I feel like, uh, I'm so grateful to have you on. This is what I always hoped it would be. And I don't know, maybe, uh, we can make good on the, you, me and Tyson talk about, uh, grit sometime down the road. Yeah. Okay. All right. I will have all the links and everything everywhere and uh, we will have to do this again. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks, Abby. Okay. Hang on. uh, Hang on one second here. Compressed emotions flying past our heads and